When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 199 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. On today's show, we are discussing all things vintage. First of all, we're talking about what on earth vintage anything is. We're talking about how vintage is different from secondhand or pre-loved. We're talking about how to find vintage, how to not get ripped off when looking for vintage. And most importantly, we're discussing why on earth embracing vintage items, whether it be vintage clothes, vintage accessories, vintage furniture, why embracing vintage is the epitome of sustainable minimalism. Today I am speaking with India Henry. India is a lover of all things vintage and she even sells it in her own online marketplace. I'm so excited to introduce you to India because she is lovely. Before we get into our conversation today, a quick note that the Sustainable Minimalist podcast is supported by Quince. Traditional luxury retailers add markup after markup through middlemen, and the old way of doing things is full of financial and environmental waste. Quince has been a game changer for my wardrobe and home, and that's because Quince eliminates the excess. They eliminate excess packaging and unnecessary shipping around the globe, and they only partner with factories committed to sustainability. Quince is building the next Amazon, but better. Now, there's a brand new offer for our listeners, 10% off your first purchase of $100 or more when you use special code SM10. Just go to onequince.com and use code SM10 at checkout. You still get 365-day free returns, but many of their collections sell out immediately. So move quick. Go to onequince.com. That's O-N-E-Q-U-I-N-C-E.com. One quince with code SM10 at checkout. Now on to my conversation with India Henry. India, I'm so excited to talk to you all about secondhand shopping, embracing vintage, all those good things. How are you? I am good. How about you? I'm great. I am really excited to talk to you today. I know you have an online shop dedicated to vintage. But before we get there, first of all, I need to even know what vintage is because I don't even know. That's so embarrassing, but I don't. Tell us who you are, what you do, and how you found yourself interested in the world of vintage. Yeah. As you said, my name is India Henry, and I am the owner of Designer Accessory Adoption, which is an online fashion accessory boutique 
where we have a curated collection of fashion accessories for men and women. And how I got into that is really kind of a roundabout way. I wanted to find a side hustle that I could generate extra money with that I enjoyed and I would be able to contribute to retirement. So going through a list of things that I was interested in, I came up with consignment because I had been a customer before, either from a consignment shop. I've also been a supplier, quote unquote, by selling my own items to consignment shops. Doing my research, that was a low cost type of side hustle that you could get into because the premise of consignment is people give you their own items for you to sell and then you just pretty much take a cut of it because you're providing them with the service. And so for all of those reasons, and because I love vintage, I love secondhand, really, really am passionate about handbags and shoes, because that's really mostly what I would go to consignment shops for, because I'm a thicker girl, I'm curvy, I didn't look at clothes, I looked at handbags. So I just went ahead and decided that would be the thing that I would do, I knew I would enjoy it, and here I am three years later. Well, congratulations. I love talking to somebody who starts a passion project and sees where they can go with it, because that's really what this podcast is. So you mentioned having a love of vintage. My first question for you is super basic, but you're the perfect person to answer it. And that is, what on earth is vintage? What is the difference between an item that's vintage and something that's simply old and secondhand? Break it down for me. Yeah. So really the term for vintage is really going to, in the fashion sense, is going to point towards, like you said, it's going to say it's going to be old, (laughs) definitely, of course, but it has that year marker on there. And um, so that's the first requirement. It has to be between 20 to 100 years old. Anything after that is considered antique, but anything between those that was manufactured between 20 to 100 years ago from whatever that relative point is is what is considered vintage. In addition to that, it also has to have the aesthetic and present stylistic qualities that are indicative of the times that it represents as well. So combining those things pretty much comprise what a vintage fashion item would be. Okay. So if I were to head to my local thrift store, would I be able to find quality vintage items there. In my experience, all I can find in these stores is fast fashion from 2015 and onward. You absolutely can. As far as going to a vintage store or a secondhand store, thrift store, the biggest thing is going to be it's luck of the draw, really, because a lot of those places are either taking in items from donations. So they really are you know, whoever's willing to come bring them their items, that's what they have inventory for. So you can find items. I won't say that every time you walk in, you're going to find something, but you can find items there. I definitely have actually, I was about to say reinvented, but that's not the right word. I should say revamp my love for Dooney and Burke because of a recent find that I at a thirst, actually at a local Goodwill, um, I was getting some stuff for the store and came across this all weather leather handbag that they made back in the 80s. And just touching it and feeling the quality of it, that's going to be your biggest thing there is a lot of times these vintage pieces, these quality secondhand pieces, 
you can feel the difference. You can feel the fabric and feel that it's smooth, it's soft, the stitching is together, the pattern lines up. Thinking about handbags more specifically, the leather is thick, the hardware is made of brass or some other metal. So those are just kind of some examples of things that you can that will kind of trigger vintage like <laughs> looks or pieces or tell you whether it might be something that be, is vintage and of high quality. But yeah, you definitely can find things in the thrift store to answer your question. It's just going to it may take some hunting and it may take some weeks or months, but they have things in there. You're doing a really good job of getting me excited and interested in vintage. I'm definitely not somebody who in the past would ever consider myself a lover of vintage or even a lover of fashion. I'm looking at what I'm wearing right now and it is not cute. (laughs) But in an email to me, you had mentioned that you believe embracing secondhand items actually means embracing quality over quantity. Can you speak more to that? Yeah, I definitely can. And one of the misconceptions of like that term secondhand, a lot of people immediately think that means old, that means something run down, that means things with holes and stains in it and nobody wants. That can mean that. But really at the basic point, it means that it was owned by someone else. So just because something secondhand does not mean it can't be brand new with tags on it. And it could go all the way down to that, you know, other spectrum that I mentioned where, you know, raggedy old and nobody wants it. But to get back to what you had asked, I'm not saying that everything that's secondhand is going to be of quality. Because like you already mentioned, a lot of people have that fast fashion. They've bought something from H&M, for example. It's out of season. It's out of style. And they've moved it out of their closet and donated it. And then they've got something else. But with that, sifting through those things, you can find those gems. So really, when I'm saying go secondhand, and is you're first going to look for something that's going to catch your eye. You're going to catch that item that you're going to pay attention to the stitching. You're going to pay attention to the button details. You're going to pay attention to the fabric. And since it's there, you know, you don't want to waste it. So going that secondhand route helps you take on something that someone no longer wanted, but it can be a perfect gem for you and a good high quality piece for you. If you definitely pay attention to the details, feel the fabric, make sure you're looking at the details that are the stitching and the quality of it and the weight of the fabric or the weight of the handbag or the shoe or whatever it is that you're looking for and incorporate all of those things into it too. So that's what I kind of mean when I'm saying embracing quality over quantity. So more so paying attention to those quality items that are really going to be staples in your wardrobe. So that way you have those for years to come because they're going to be long wearing, long lasting when you go after the quality pieces versus something that may just be made out of rayon and it's partially stitched and will come apart when you wash it. That makes a lot of sense. And my next question is probably going to show my ignorance as it relates to vintage, but I have to ask it because I feel as though if I have this question, other listeners might as well. And that is, it sounds like what you're saying is that vintage has a quality aspect to it. There's quality craftsmanship. There's quality materials involved as opposed to the 
quick, fast fashion clothes and accessories that don't have either of those things. How do you incorporate these ultra trendy pieces that are now out of date into a 2021 wardrobe? As far as the vintage quality piece goes, they possibly could have been things that were trendy during that time. But with that said, probably like your grandparents or your parents, you may have heard them say this before too, but I just remember my family saying they don't make things like they used to. And you really see evidence of that. So if we go out to the 70s or the 80s and even 90s periods of time where you'll see a difference with some of those vintage quality items because a lot of times those manufacturers were making those items with materials that were natural or materials that were heavier that were made to withstand the test of time. Now, granted, we are talking, if, when I did say 90s, you did start seeing things change then. But thinking about 70s, 80s, 60s, a lot of times those items were made with 100% cotton, for example. And the cotton fabric is a different feel and a different thickness from the cotton fabric that you feel now. Even referencing back to my example where I was talking about that all-weather leather handbag made by Dunian Burke in the 80s. The weight of the leather, I knew that, that I could check out that bag, see that it was from an old style, and that was 30 years ago. And I can feel the leather and see that it was a, it's a much thicker leather than the leather that I feel now. I can see the stamping and it says 100% brass. Whereas if I think about, and there's no knock to Tori Birch because I have some of her handbags at, in my personal collection, but the, the weight of the hardware is not the same as the weight of a hardware from something made in the 80s, 60s, 70s. So those are those kind of things that you're looking for when I'm talking about vintage quality. And even though those were trendy bags then, the type of materials that they had available to them that they used is different from the materials that some manufacturers are using today. And a lot of that may have to do with cost. Companies are in business to make money. Over time, technology came out and they were able to blend things together and make a lighter metal that cost them less money, but they could still make the same profit margin. Whereas back then, they maybe only had brass available to them, or they only had a certain type of metal zipper available to them. Well, it makes total sense. And I must say, India, you are convincing me. I think I am destined to be a lover of vintage. I'm like all on board. I want the handbag with the brass. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Before I get to my next question, I should say that as you're talking and as I hear the passion in your voice for what you do, it sounds as though you're almost a treasure hunter of sorts. You're sifting through for the diamond in the rough. And I would assume that if you sift through enough roughs, you're going to accumulate an awful lot of diamonds. So how do you in your life prevent yourself from accumulating large amounts of essentially fashion clutter that you're never going to never going to wear, never going to use? I hope to convert you by the end of this is what I'll say. <laughs> Completely <laughs> like have a convert. But yes, to answer that question, I I the way that you described it is perfect because I do feel like I'm hunting for treasure. 
So, you know, and with that, sometimes you, you pick a couple of places and you don't find anything. And then you find that perfect gem that you have been looking for all this time. So definitely that's a great description of kind of what I feel like I do. With that, pretty much how I don't accumulate lots of clutter is luckily I do like to shop. I will admit that. And luckily, because I have the store, I have this good outlet where I'm selling the items that I'm finding. So that's easy for me because I'm not keeping them. However, I will not say that when I go into a store, I'll see some things and I'm like, India, you are in here for the store. Don't grab that because you don't need that. And the, re- the way that I do that is I pretty much evaluate what that item is. If I see a, a treasure piece or whatever it is. If I'm going shopping for personal reasons, I'll break it out instead of so for the store, instead of for personal reasons. And when I go shopping, I will make a list kind of like what you do if you make it like a grocery list. So a lot of people, when they go grocery shopping, instead of buying another milk canister, if they already have milk at home, they'll leave milk off the list and only get the things that they know that they need to make their dinner or what lunch or whatever they're making. So same thing, inventory your closet. And when you're going out, you say, okay, or even if it's furniture or whatever, whatever you're thrift hunting for, you know, you know what you're looking for, you know what's missing. So for me, if I'm going to look for clothing, I know I'm looking for a shirt. I'm going to go straight into the department, the the area and go to the shirt and look there. Don't pay attention anywhere else. There's a lot of things in thrift stores, but you go straight to what you're looking for and then you get out. Also, a piece of that is making a budget. Just like anything else, you have a limit to what you want to spend. And that is absolutely helpful in thrift stores because a lot of things you'll find maybe $6, $5, $10. And it's easy to just grab a whole bunch of things. What I do a lot of times when I'm shopping even, I'll have a lot more in my cart than what I'm actually going to pay for. Because when I go through the list, I think, do I really need this? Do I absolutely love it? Does it fit a purpose in my closet? Do I already have something? And if it's not fitting those categories, then I don't need it. I don't want to just buy things just to buy, but it's also a conscious effort that you have to make. So that way you're not spending a lot of money on things you absolutely don't need because that's still wasteful in itself, even if you did go to the thrift store and get it at a good deal. When we... Think about thrift stores. We think about great deals. But when we think about vintage, the word vintage, the term vintage seems to have a connotation that exudes luxury, timeless, quality. Those are the adjectives that come to mind when I think about the word vintage. So what is the price point of an item that's vintage, truly vintage? Is it through the roof? It will depend upon a few things, and that range is going to be based off of that. So some of the things that vintage item price range will be be priced at is, one, where you're getting it from. If you're going to a vintage thrift store or to a consignment store that has vintage items, they will be priced a little bit higher than if you were to go find that item at a yard sale yourself. Because of course the consignment store needs to mark it up so they can make money. 
So it's going to be upsold to you because you're getting it from where you're getting it from. So part of that's going to depend upon where you're getting it from. Also, it's going to depend upon what the item is, who it's made by, because brand all, uh, matters a lot of times with things. In addition to that, what condition it is. So we're talking possibly a few dollars to it could be a couple hundred dollars, depending on what that vintage piece is. It could even be a few thousand. I mean, when you're talking about a vintage piece of jewelry that is extremely hard to find, it's in pristine condition, it has rubies and diamonds, for example, on it, you know, it could be up there in price. So I can't give you an exact range, but that's a, a long range, but that's what it'll p- depend upon. This is a minimalist podcast. And on this podcast, I and my guests often preach you know, letting go of the items that we're not using, we're not loving, pass them on to somebody new. But you are making me think, well, what if we have those luxury items in our closets that may one day in a couple decades (laughs) pass on to become vintage. Perhaps we should hold on to them. What are your thoughts on that? That is a good question and a nice twist there too, because you are coming from that perspective. So then it's kind of like, if you're not using it, get rid of it. But then at the same time, you can have an amazing gem on your hands. I would still go with the aspect of evaluating whether it's something you really, really want to hold on to or not. What that means for each person is going to be different. Your answer there made me think of the reality that embracing vintage is actually the epitome of embracing eco-friendliness because you are prioritizing quality over quantity. You are saving the quality items from the landfill. You are preventing yourself from buying the new potentially fast fashion item instead. And so embracing vintage is really embracing sustainable minimalism. However, (laughs) as the founder of sustainable minimalism, I'm not sure I'm a fashionable enough person to boldly wear vintage. So my question here is, who is vintage for? Like, is it for people like me who don't care about fashion all that much or not? I think vintage is for everyone. The reason I say that is because right now we've been talking about fashion, but taking that a step further, you can have vintage furniture and maybe that's something that you're into. Some people are into vintage cars. So I think there's a space for vintage for everyone, specifically pointing back to the fashionable piece of it. I don't think you necessarily have to be a person that is able to put together kind of these amazing kind of on-trend outfits with trendy, with vintage pieces in order to embrace the fashion side of it. And the reason I say that is because you can always go after classics. And that's also embracing quality in the material and also quality in the number of items versus quantity, because your classics are always going to win. By that, I mean, like, you know, people who don't consider themselves very fashionable. And by the way, if you saw me, I am not very fashionable at all. I have on leggings and a cardigan. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but um, going after the, a lot of people know what those classic pieces are, whether that's a blazer or a jean jacket or a sheath dress, straight leg pants, things that are produced year after year and are pieces that you can zoom back through the photos from the 1950s and see those same items being worn to today. And even though you're not fashionable, going after those classic pieces will be staples for your closet. And then you're still on trend because you're in a classic way that always is modern and fresh because it's something that's repeated throughout the decade. Your answer there really spoke to me because you mentioned furniture. I love old furniture with a modern twist. Love it. And I think that's what you're saying about fashion, too, is you're taking something old in quality and you're giving it a 2021 twist. So I'm now 100% on board, India. Thank you very much. (laughs) But I then need to ask you, okay, well, I'm on board, but how on earth do I go full on with vintage without getting scammed? How do I do that? How do I not get scammed? I have no knowledge. So how am I going to embrace vintage without, you know, purchasing something from 1991 that is not vintage and is just fast fashion? (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a great question. And I know it's a big apprehension for a lot of people, especially with a lot of things moving online. If you are interested in finding a vintage piece of clothing, shirt, shoes, or accessory. If you already have something from, for example, that fashion house that's made that's in your closet, that's a good reference point to go to because you kind of can familiarize yourself with the brand quality, kind of the labeling and things like that, the stitching, those type of things. From there, doing some research. So like going online, reading review posts about certain items from decades ago, also looking at pictures. There's a lot of people that have cataloged information to kind of help pull through and provide some context to those items, especially for me for accessories. A lot of times I can find old photos or at least find old labeling of a label that we used to be used and things like that or style catalog. And it does take some homework, I'm not going to lie to you. So it does take some time to get used to those things so you can get used to what you're looking for and looking at. In addition to that, not taking that person's word for it. So that's going to mean if if you purchase something, getting it authenticated. I sing that to the masses all the time, every time that I can. And I tell people, even though, even if you buy something from my store, get it authenticated, make sure it's real. One, because sometimes people do make mistakes. And two, you just want to really make sure you bought what you bought. Like you said, you know, you want to make sure you're not getting scammed. You had your hard earned money and you used it on something and you want to make sure that what you got home was what you got home. So really, that's going to be kind of the tips for just making sure you're not scammed. Also paying attention to the details, but that's also going to be the other piece there is just if you knew that, for example, something was a U.S. brand and... It says made in China, but it's supposed to be from the 1980s. Were they really making things in China in the 80s from that fashion house? So that's like kind of some of those details that you're paying attention to and looking at. Looking at misspellings is another one, too. Sometimes you'll see one little thing that's 
spelled incorrectly in one spot, but everything else checks out. Paying attention to the details and doing your research beforehand just, and instead of just making a, a quick purchase and then making sure you are having some expert look at it to verify that it's really what it should be. Your answer brings me back to college. I went to college in the early 2000s in New York City, and my sister, shout out to my sister if you're listening, my sister and I would head to Chinatown for these great deals on designer handbags. We really wanted them to be real, right? The coach handbags. Oh my gosh, we wanted them to be real so badly. And they just weren't, right? They didn't have the right feel. They didn't have the right logo. And some (laughs) some (laughs) times the C's were G's and oh my Lord. My final question for you, India, is tell us about your online store. It is called Designer Accessory Adoption is the full name, but the website is at D-A-A consignment spelled out dot com. It is a lovely curated collection of accessories for men and women. I get items in when I get items in kind of a <laughs> kind of example. So I try to look for those quality pieces and add those as I find them. Well, I'm on your website right now and I'm looking at your handbags and what I love about them all is that literally every single one, I think I could pull them off. None are too crazy, even for me. So (laughs) I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. You are welcome. And thank you so much. I enjoy the conversation. I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with India Henry. I told you she was lovely. I have linked to her and everything you need to know in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 199. On next week's show, our 200th episode, we are discussing applying the tenets of minimalism to our adult friendships. And holy moly, it's a good one. And I'm not just saying that because it's the 200th episode. It really is a good one. (laughs) I will see you then. Have an amazing week and take care, my friends. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.